you think you know what we're going to talk about. But unfortunately, I fell down a damn rabbit hole and I've not gotten out yet. <laughs> Knife bros. I literally googled Sebastian Stan hands. But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. Well, yeah, because like, usually in astrology, they would partner up air signs with fire signs. All right, you can, you can huggle. Time travel stories and... At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. Well, we should make it a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't take German in school. I barely took... I took Spanish and I don't remember any of it. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Three Fates Decide. My name is Sam, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Mary and Liz. Say hello. Hello. Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, today, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to... <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Uh, today, we are going to be recapping the third Disney Plus Marvel show, Loki. Um, and just for everyone who has not watched it by the time this airs, spoiler alert. Just saying. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> we are breaking down each episode, people. So yep. please turn off the podcast now if you have not seen the show and do not want to get spoiled. <laughs> this is your last chance. Exactly. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> go straight to jail. <laughs> All right. Let's dig right on in. Um, obviously, for anyone who doesn't follow Marvel, Loki has been part of the MCU for 10 years. Over, yeah, over 10, for 10 years. Over. Yeah, it's been about 10 years. Um, he is the adoptive brother of Loki, of uh, Thor. Yes. And he has caused a lot of issues throughout the years, but he is definitely a fan favorite. Yes. So I'm yeah. very excited that he got his own show. Yes, I was I was so happy. This is this was probably the show besides Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I was most excited to see. And I will say that my hopes and dreams for the show were met. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I can't say it was my favorite, but I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens. Right. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, you can say that Tom Hiddleston will be around for, you know, at least a couple more years. <laughs> yep. yes. uh, yeah. Oh. After, after dying three times, Loki's still alive. <laughs> well, to be fair, that is in keeping with how uh, comic books work. Really. This is so. true. This is true. Uh, all right. So let's get into the episodes. The first one was called Glorious Purpose. Right. And, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, just as a reminder for people in case uh, you lost track, um, this version of Loki is the one who was in Endgame and took the Tesseract, which we all know he did not actually do in the original first Avengers movie. So this is a this is a version of Loki that 
is not quite the same as the Loki we were previously following in the movies, which is a very key plot point for the show. Mm-hmm. It is. It yeah. is. So. Okay. Actually, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, that is more or less how the first episode kind of started. That's like what got things going is the fact that he is not quite the same Loki that we saw, you know, in the early movies up to the point where he died in well, Infinity any War. of the movies. He, yeah. He's not the same Loki in, as in any of the movies that we've seen him in. Right. He's yes. different. This is a different timeline, but it's from the Battle of New York in 2012. So it's 2012 Loki, but a different timeline. So it's a different Loki to confuse everybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much he takes the Tesseract just like in uh, Endgame and he disappears. And we find yeah. out basically what happens when he disappears. And that is he gets arrested by the Time Variance Authority or the TVA, yeah. <laughs> which we have never heard of before until now. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. Actually, uh, doing a little digging, I found out the TVA does actually exist in the comics, but we just don't typically hear about it very much because I guess it's like particular part of the uh, comic book mythos, if you will, in which it ever comes up. But, you know, it's like certain storylines, but it's right. not like extremely well known, like, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. or Hydra or even S.W.O.R.D. Like those yeah. kind of organizations. Yeah, but it's. It's there, and there's a reason for it that we find out later on as to who the, I guess I'll say, quote-unquote, puppet master is. <laughs> yeah. And I'll leave it at that for the first episode. Yeah. No, pretty much that's <laughs> it. He gets arrested. You see him go to the judge and gets arrested. We meet um, Owen Wilson's character. Mobius, Mobius, Mo Mobius Mo wasn't it? Is it Mobius? Mobius and Mo M. Mobius. Mobius and Mobius. Which, what a name. Yeah. What a name. And uh, we know he's searching for somebody, and basically he thinks that um, Loki, Loki is the key to finding the variant that he is searching for. Yes. Because, right, because there is apparently a variant who has been ambushing and killing... Uh, agents, agents, TVA agents, but we don't know what type of variant it is until the very end of the episode. When, yeah, it was mm -hmm. very, yes, yeah, oh, it's, right. a, it's another, it's another Loki. Yes, it's a Loki variant. Dun dun dun, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> then we had to wait a whole other week, and then we get. Then we start with the second episode, which I can't remember. I don't remember what they're called at this point. It's, yeah, the second variant. episode is called The Variant. The Variant, okay. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, um, before we get into that, ep the next episode, um, what did you think overall of the first episode, like, uh, by itself? I thought it was a good, um, you know, a, a good way to start, obviously, because it... it mm -hmm. Answered the question that everyone had in Endgame: Where did Loki go? Right. Um, and then obviously, kind of explains what the you know 
what the TVA is and obviously what's going on in terms of like the sacred timeline and stuff like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the episode where they kind of showed Loki what happened in the normal timeline where his mother dies and he dies and all that stuff. That actually got me emotional. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking that that was probably one of the, one of my favorite scenes of the entire of, well, of that episode at least. Because it showed, it, it showed a side of Loki that we've never actually really seen before. It was a side of Loki that was not being that was not being a manipulative butthole, right? Which right. is he actually has feelings. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah. typical Loki is a manipulative butthole. I mean, we love him, but that's what he is. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, you got to see a little bit of it in Ragnarok, especially like towards the second half of the movie, mm-hmm. because it leads up to what happened to him in Infinity War, where like he did yeah. come across as pretty different, almost like kind of like what he was like in the first movie, where he showed he still cares about his family, even if they are kind of the source of his frustrations at the same time, but. He still loves them because they are his family. So you kind of see a bit of that in this first episode, which I liked as well. And also I like the fact that, you know, because it's some... I mean, this is also a reason why some people criticize the first episode, but I liked how they introduced this organization and they actually delved a little bit into the whole time travel timeline thing, which I don't know about... Uh, some of you listeners, but to me, that was one of the frustrating things about Endgame. Uh, I happen, mm-hmm. to be one, yeah, I mean, I happen to be one of those people who is like a big fan of like sci-fi time travel stories, you know, things like Doctor Who and stuff like that. So that kind of aspect of Endgame was one of the things that frustrated me the most because it's like it doesn't make any sense these rules don't make sense make it make sense you know it was pretty much my reaction yeah now we get to dive a little bit deeper so it kind of does make sense yeah a little bit more. yeah kind of kind of not, yeah exactly i mean it's not 100 percent. yeah but it, it makes a little bit more sense like at least it kind of explains the marvel slash mcu logic that they're going with so it should hopefully still apply as we see uh future movies where this may come up again him <laughs> dr strange him <laughs> well there is a reason why dr strange is called it's the doc the movie is dr strange in the multiverse of madness yeah there is anyway. a reason for this yep which, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I get into I that. Think that's all I have. Yeah, I guess that's all I have for the first episode. All right. So then we go into the second episode, which is called The Variant. And pretty much, we Loki's now helping the TVA. And um, they pretty much between Mobius and Loki figure out that the variant is hiding in apocalyptic events so that no one can find them. And they figure out where variant is. Yes, where the variant possibly be hiding. Right. Um, 
So they go there. They do. They go to Pompeii. Well, they go to Pompeii first. First, right. And then they go to Alabama. 2050. You know, I have to say, if this actually happens, Alabama in 2050, I'm going to be freaked out. I know, right? (laughs) But they go to a... Dark (laughs) magic was used to write this episode. (laughs) But they go to 2050 where a really bad hurricane pretty much like destroys Alabama. That's where they find the variant who, though she's, it's a Loki, it's a female version of uh, Loki. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much Loki decides to follow. Uh, I don't know if we learn her name yet, but Sylvie is her name. Yeah. I thought we learned I thought she said her name was Sylvie. Or did she tell us that know. in the third episode, maybe? I don't no. know. No, she says that in the next episode. Oh, okay. Oh. Spoiler Sorry, alert y'all. again. <laughs> but, episode spoiler more. alert. But pretty much uh at the end, Loki decides to follow her instead of stay with Mobius, and it kind of causes some some chaos. Um and that's pretty much the points of the second episode and then what i actually enjoyed about the episode was how when they were in the store in alabama and the variant kept going from one person to the other to communicate floki mm-hmm. then like they battled i just that that whole store sequence i thought was awesome yeah i don't know i kind of like the pompeii scene only because yeah. Um, Tom Hiddleston was not playing Loki at that point. Tom Hiddleston was playing hit Tom Hiddleston <laughs> because he was True. talking about um, he he was a uh, quoting in um, I don't know if it was Latin or not, but yeah, it was in Latin. Yeah, he he was he was speaking to he was acting in Latin, which is his element. Because he's a huge uh, like Shakespearean and all that type of stuff, so that was not that was not acting. That was just him. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, I get the impression that like at that point he was just like kind of letting loose and was like, "Woo," you know, yeah. nothing <laughs> matters. Which you know, technically in that scene, he he was right. It, nothing matters because. Uh, everybody in this city is about to die anyway, so what mm-hmm. the heck matters what I'm doing? Because it's not going to change the future, which is, again, a thing that not only did they explain in the first episode, but it comes up again, particularly in this episode, where they kind of explain that one of the missions of the TVA is that they monitor the flow of time. And events and they explain how certain events are inevitable facts that you have to stick with then there are certain events where you know they kind of don't matter in the grand scheme of things so they just let it happen and then there's some events that could lead to potential dangerous things happening which is the reason why this version of Loki, which is the one we saw in Endgame who took the Tesseract when originally he wasn't supposed to take the Tesseract, um, got arrested by the TVA because he's a version of Loki that is technically defying 
the timeline and the sequence of events, which says that he is supposed to end up on Asgard. And, well, you guys hopefully have seen the second Thor movie, so <laughs> you know what hope, happens. I would hope by now people have seen the second Thor movie. Right. I really hope. I really hope. Yeah. So, I'm going to cry if they haven't. I'm, I'm going to, like, there's something right. wrong. Right. But anyway, so, so yeah, the whole point of the Vesuvius scene was just to test out the theory Loki was pointing out, which is that, okay, if the whole purpose of the TVA is to basically prune and arrest people who are causing major deviations in the timeline, mm -hmm. then perhaps the reason why they couldn't catch this variant this whole time is because this variant must have somehow figured out that if they were to hide in a cat, you know, cataclysmic event in which pretty much everybody's going to die and there's no survivors, then technically it wouldn't matter what you're doing in that time and place because if everything's going to die and everything's going to get destroyed, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the future. It doesn't cause a deviation in events because it's over. It's over. Right. Mm -hmm. So the entire world is gone. <laughs> right. So it's like who who would be witnesses to, you know, a crazy person cl claiming they're from the future, you know, telling them weird crap. Right. Yeah. Saying they're all going to die. They They knew that. All right, so that was pretty much the premise of of episode two. two. <laughs> yeah. All right, so episode three is called Lamentus, and in this episode, you find out that Sylvie is uh, her goal is to find the timekeepers. Um. Yes. And they use what's called a temp pad, which is what the TVA has to kind of travel in through time. Um, and while they're at the, so basically Sylvie and Loki go back to the TVA so that she can find the timekeepers, but they get attacked and Loki transports Sylvie and himself to, uh, what's called Lamentus One, which is basically like the worst apocalyptic thing that he could choose because it's basically a moon that crashes onto a planet and destroys it so basically throughout the entire episode they're trying to get to the quote-unquote arc which in normal i guess time didn't make it off of the planet but they're hoping that if they get there that they'll be able to commandeer it and get off the the planet however it does not work out no. in the end <laughs> and it leaves a very huge cliffhanger Yes. Yeah. Will they will they survive? Yes. But you do kind of see Loki is starting to uh, I guess get feelings towards Sylvie or he just kind of understands. You feel an emotion off of Loki towards Sylvie. I guess. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we talk a lot during this uh, movie, uh, movie episode. Yeah. Um, but my favorite... Uh, scene was on the train when Loki's drunk. He's singing. <laughs> yes, that was that was that was probably one of my favorite scenes too. <laughs> it was just funny. 
I was like, oh, look at you. You sing it, Tom. Sing it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just. Yeah. I'm, just saying, I'm pretty sure Tom Hiddleston had the time of his life playing Loki. I swear he does. Oh, you would have to. I mean, it's so opposite of who he is in real life. I know. You know, and that's like the nice thing about like acting. Because um, I know even just like when I play, like, do plays and stuff, like I want to be somebody that is nothing like me because it's just so much fun. It's like it just gets you out of yourself for a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Loki's got to be fun. Yes. He has to be. I mean, why wouldn't he be fun? Cocky little son of a gun. Yeah. Calling what he is, he's a cocky little asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Did you get, what did you guys like about the episode? You know, I, I like their, actually, I do like their conversation where they kind of compare notes a little bit about what their lives were like, especially when they were kids. Because, I mean, it was a very good, I mean, like, okay, obviously we don't 100% know what Loki was like when he was a kid, other than that flashback in the first Thor movie. But, you know, we have, we already have a pretty good understanding of who he is, but the question mark is Sylvie, because she is a version of him, and yet there must be something different about her other than the fact that she's female. Um mm -hmm. Because the curious thing is that, well, okay, if he was arrested because of the whole thing with the Tesseract, then why was she arrested? That's the question. And so it's a bit of a mystery that, you know, you as the audience are kind of left with. And also, you know, you're just kind of curious, like, what else is different about her? Again, like I said, other than the fact that she's female, you know, what, what else is different about her? Mm -hmm. Because the one intriguing thing I did notice that was different about her was actually from the previous episode, which is that she seemed to have the ability to possess people, even temporarily. You know, in that mm -hmm. thing that you were talking about earlier, Sam. The thing is, is that as far as I know, Loki has never demonstrated the ability to do that. I mean, to a degree, he did that in... Uh, the Avengers movie, but that it was with part... the Tesseract. Yeah, no, it wasn't with the Tesseract. It was with the Mind Stone. Or the Mind Stone. Excuse me. You're yeah. right. I lied. His <laughs> his thing. I meant yeah. his. Yeah. Yeah, the staff. Uh, which had. Don't listen stone. to me, people. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, he but he was basically using the Mind Stone in the staff. It wasn't really his power set because. After the first Avengers movie, we've never seen him demonstrate that ability again, which in theory could be because of writing error. I mean, it's possible because, you know, especially with the Thor movies, multiple people have written them. And, you know, the Marvel movies in general have been written by different people. But, you know, if we were to take it at face value that he's only demonstrated this ability with the Mind Stone, then we have to assume that that's not an ability that he has or that he's aware that he could even do such a thing. But somehow Sylvie has this ability. So, 
you know, self-taught ability because she, nobody taught her how to use that ability. She figured it out on her own. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which is another, which is like one of those details that makes her different from him. So, you know, it's like, I guess, so then it's very possible that even if she turned out to be a he, just like, you know, the Loki we're familiar with, that it's possible that a he version of Sylvie would probably still have figured this out, too. Right. It's possible. Very possible. And um, this whole thing about uh, discovering abilities you didn't realize you have does come up again in another episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that that's the main thing that I liked about this episode. Yeah, I I don't know. I think, I think I'm like Sam. I like, I, I like Loki drunk on a train. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. Not plot driven at all, but it's hilarious. <laughs> right. It's, it's. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So then let's move on to episode four, which is called the Nexus event. And in this episode, you kind of learn about Sylvie and how she was taken by the TVA as a child and managed to escape. And as I had mentioned before, there was like a uh, Loki was starting to have feelings toward Sylvie. And it's actually because of that romantic bond that they created that the TVA actually was able to find them before they were killed on Lamentus. So, yay, they were saved. Um, and as punishment, <laughs> Mobius puts Loki in a time loop of when he gets kicked in the groin over and over and over um, by, by, Lady <laughs> by Lady Sif, who was in the Thor movies. Um, and it's hilarious. Um, and then... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, honestly, I think this episode was like a turning point of the, uh, of the series because you kind of start learning that things are not as they appear in the TVA. There's something not right. And um, so there's one of the other agents called... Um, Yeah, wait, no. So C20, so C20 had been, I'm sorry? Uh, You're talking about B15? Yes, but I forgot to mention last episode that C20 had been, when you mentioned that, like, Sylvie could possess somebody, she possessed an agent called C20 to get information on the timekeeper. So in... The fourth episode, I guess Mobius is trying to find out what happened to C20 and Renslayer, who's like the head of, I guess, that branch of the TVA, basically Mm -hmm. lied and said that, like, she died from a mental breakdown. And Mobius, I guess, is a little suspicious about it. Meanwhile, B-17, who's another agent who had been affected by Sylvie at in Alabama in the store wanted to know what was going on she also noticed that there's something not right so um she actually takes sylvie and sylvie pretty much like shows her what the truth is with the tva 
And as a result, mm-hmm. B15 helps Loki and Sylvie um get into the time or you know be able to go after the timekeepers and unfortunately uh Loki gets what they call pruned, which is like they stab him with their little poker thing and he disappears. And you think it's like, you know, he dies. And um that's not the truth. You find out in the mid credit scene, but I'm I know I left a lot. This there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Yeah. This this was a it this episode was crazy. You pretty much find out that the timekeepers are fake or androids. Yep. And you know, so now it's like what what happens now cuz all Sylvie wanted was to go after the timekeepers. She thinks Loki is gone. Yeah. Um, um, not only does Mobius get pruned, but Loki gets mm-hmm. pruned. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Mobius got pruned too. Twist of fate. In a, in a huge t- plot twist, you're just like, the hell? <laughs> Loki died again. <laughs> what but is going Loki's on? Loki's not dead. <laughs> nope. Yeah. mid credit scene, he wakes up, and not only does he wake up and he's still alive, but there's four other Lokis surrounding <laughs> him. One, that's an alligator. <laughs> yes, that is right. The mysterious memes you may have seen on social media... That is the explanation behind it. Yes. What does it do with this alligator crocodile thing with these Loki horns? Yes. That's <laughs> the answer, people. Oh, God. And then we find but, out why the alligator got pruned in the next episode, which was the most hilarious explanation I have probably ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, there was definitely a lot going on with this episode. And like I said, I feel like it was definitely, I mean, it's halfway through the, the season, uh, but it was definitely a turning point because it's just so much happening at once and you've learned stuff. And then meanwhile, you're, you're wondering, well, where do we go from here type of deal? Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed honestly the whole episode. Yeah. The, the whole episode was, was good, but just the, Heart-wrenching, they pruned Loki. Yeah, and you know he was about to tell her that he loved her. Yes. Yes. Well, I still think I was more emotional over the fact that they pruned Mobius than they pruned Loki. (laughs) It's because, like, Owen Wilson's like a puppy. I know. I love Owen Wilson. You don't want to hurt him. (laughs) And he didn't get his jet ski. (laughs) (laughs) All that is a jet ski oh, which uh God. which was the thing back in uh, episode two yes <laughs> oh Image goodness yes but we 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 stand uh owen wilson in this household yes mm-hmm. yes we do yeah i thought like but yeah so back with this episode um the thing I thought, well, there's like two different things that I thought was really interesting about it was number one, like if we were to go back to the very beginning of the episode, one of the interesting things was that even though this was an apocalyptic event and they already established back in the second episode that apocalyptic events, you could do whatever the hell you wanted, but it's not going to change the timeline. So the TVA would ignore, ignore you if you were hiding there, which is how... Sylvie was able to avoid capture for however much time she's been on the run. 
But the fascinating thing was the fact that when they had their little moment by the lake, it triggered what they call a nexus event, which is how they were able to get rescued, you know, which we mentioned earlier. And that by itself is very fascinating to me, at least, because, mm -hmm. like I was just saying, they already yeah. proved that it shouldn't matter what the heck you're doing there. And yet this one thing caused a nexus event, which is what the TVA is typically looking for. Which I, which was very fascinating because this leads up to some implications in the uh, later part of our episode where we're going to talk about some fan theories. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, so basically what a nexus event does is it creates a unique branch on the timeline. Yes. So once that branch was created, that's basically how they were found. So yeah, it is it is pretty crazy uh, that 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 did happen during the apocalyptic event that it, that's how they got caught. So right, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Oh yeah, and um, right. Thankfully, they got rescued. Right. Yes, or else they would have died. Yeah. Yeah. The the other thing that I also thought was really interesting was when we were talking about earlier about how that one agent basically broke Sylvie out of jail, if you will, to mm -hmm. basically ask for questions. The other fascinating revelation that comes out is the fact that all of these TVA employees are also variants themselves. Because, because in part of the mind control manipulation ability that Sylvie has, she inadvertently discovers that these random agents that she captured to, you know, basically extract, you know, information from, she realizes that these people have suppressed memories of a life before the TVA which I think is really fascinating and has a lot of implications going forward as to what is going on with this TVA and why are they using variants. Yeah. It just leads up to more holes in the official story of the TVA, which I think is pretty fascinating and, like I said, has a lot of implications down the road. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, all right. So then going into episode five, which is called Journey into Mystery. Um, Sylvie finds out where Loki went, which is a place called the Void, which is where he met all of the other Lokis. And pretty much what the Void is, is like basically the end toward the end of time. And in order to get to where the TVA's true creator was, because remember we found out the timekeepers who we all thought up to last episode was the creators of the TVA. Um, we find out that he's actually hiding beyond the void behind this um, cloud. Right. Uh, behind the, and he has like a guard dog <laughs> called Alioth. Is it, did I pronounce that correctly? Alioth? I don't know. It's a cloud that destroys everything in the void. I know it's A-L-I-O-T-H, so that's what I'm... Something like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Close enough. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it could destroy anything. So when Loki yeah. wakes up, um, the other Lokis basically take him into like their hideout. And yeah. so there's classic Loki, alligator Loki, and kid Loki. When, um, well, it's original Loki or classic Loki, kid Loki, alligator Loki, and was it like a brawler Loki? Something like that, yeah. Winds up like. Yeah, he's listening to Kreza's boastful Loki, which pretty boastful. much is what he's like. Yeah, that, that, that sounds pretty good. You yeah. pretty much find out there's like a million Lokis. Yeah, and in the void, there. and they all fight each other. Yes, but the first thing you find out is you you find out um, how Kid Loki got there. Yes, he killed Thor. Yeah, and it's literally there's like no record stop. There's just 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 casual, just yep. dropping the conversation. I killed Thor. You what? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you yeah i one thing i should mention is the whole bit with the kid loki thing um not that i saw a fan not that i saw a, like theory video or anything about it, but what i read online is that a lot of people suspect that okay assuming that kid loki was telling the truth when he said that i killed thor some people think it's related to that story Thor told in Ragnarok when he said that, oh, when, you know, we were like eight, you know, uh, Loki turned himself into a snake and then he changed back and stabbed me like, it's me. Some people. <laughs> I love suspect, that. Right. Some people suspect that is the version of kid Loki that we see, which is a version of Loki where he did that, but maybe uh, he did something wrong when he did that and it actually killed Thor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. He might have nicked an artery or punctured a lung, punctured the heart. We don't know where he stabbed him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's as good of theory as anything, really. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and um, then um, Alligator Loki... He ate the wrong neighbor's cat. And that's why he was pruned. Like, I just find it fascinating that he was an alligator to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if you guys have seen the meme or the, uh, they, they were talking about Odin just brings home alligator Loki and is like, this is our son. And Frigga is just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Again, this is oh, right. God. Again, this is not a. This is not like a fan theory thing I saw or watched or whatever. But um, actually, I've read quite a few people think that this alligator Loki is probably a reference to one of those like um comic book what if you know runs that they did where yeah. they did animal versions of Marvel characters, and apparently there is a. You know, a short run AU where Loki is an alligator and Thor's a frog. Frog? <laughs> yes. He's actually, frog. actually, actually, um, I mean, I'll get more into this when we talk about the fan theory stuff at the end of this episode. But um, one of the videos I saw was by this YouTube channel called New Rock Stars, and they actually pointed out in their breakdown for this particular episode that 
you actually do see Frog Thor in the episode. It's like a really quick, um, it's like a really quick shot. But in the scene where uh, our main Loki that we're following follows the other Lokis to their secret hideout, and you see like the random garbage and stuff piled around outside of their uh, hideout. Um, in one of the shots, they pan to this glass jar, and inside there's something jumping around inside of it. It turns out that that is supposed to be Frog Thor in the jar, and apparently Chris Chris Hemsworth actually did a quick (laughs) voice recording as Frog Thor going like, let me out! Um, there were several <laughs> scenes that were deleted from that episode, and one of them was supposed to be, if I remember reading it correctly, it was supposed to be King Loki defeating Throg. Huh. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it, got, it, it was a deleted scene, because obviously they can't keep every scene. But I, but I think my favorite scene scene of that entire episode has to be the fight scene where alligator loki just devours the hand of president loki yeah and he screams like a girl <laughs> he does i mean i would probably if we weren't recording use an entirely different word for that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah no all the lokis out it was it was awesome yeah really awesome that was awesome. Uh, but Sylvie, on the other hand, finds out, you know, like I said, that uh, he went to the void and Renslayer basically tells her that she'll help her um, reach the true creator of the TVA. She was lying to get her, I guess, arrested again or whatever. And Sylvie prunes herself um, to go to the void and runs into Mobius in a car and going back to like memes and stuff, how Mobius in a car, it was really, um, what's his name from cars who he voices. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Lightning McQueen. Thank you. Uh, so that was cute little thing. And, um, they find Thor with kid Thor, classic Thor and alligator Thor. Uh, And I'm sorry. Yeah, see, I keep saying Thor. You got me on Thor. Sorry. Find Loki, kid, alligator, and classic Loki with him. And uh, Sylvie pretty much decides that she's going to go to the Alioth and possess it. And um, tells Loki to, you know, help her. Classic Loki sacrifices himself uh, to distract Alioth. Alioth, whatever it's called. And Loki and Sylvie manage to enchant it and get, I guess, it opens to the where the true creator of the TVA is. And that's where the episode ends, is they're about to go into the beyond of the void, the end of time, where the true yes. creator lies. Yes. The end of episode five. <laughs> but it, it was nice to see that. It was nice to see Loki actually come into his to his powers again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously, clearly lacking in all the other movies. Which, like you said, it could 
be due to the fact that it was different people writing every time, but it's like... Well, and I guess this this shows that the power that Sylvie has to enchant people, Loki does have inside him. He just didn't either didn't know yeah. or hasn't done it in a while or whatever, but he was able to do it with Sylvie. So it shows like he does have that power, which yeah. is pretty cool. So you learn something well, new about Loki. Right. And yeah, even in the right. Right. And even in the other episode when they were trying to get to the arc. He was doing a lot of this, a lot of these like telekinetic powers that we more, we hadn't really seen much of in his previous appearances in the movies, but there's no reason to assume that he never had the abilities, just that we never seen him use them before. So, and, and he doesn't act like, oh, I just suddenly know how to do this, you know, which implies to me at least that the character always had this ability, but they just never actually had him do it on screen, which I think is a shame because, you know, based off of what I know in my limited capacity of like the comic books, you know, Loki is very formidable with his magic. I mean, that's one of his many trademark characteristics is the fact that he is a very powerful, dangerous magic user. You know, when when yeah. he's your enemy. So it almost seems like the MCU kind of nerfed him a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't put him in his full potential, guys. Jesus. No. Well, right, I mean, you, right. First, the first movie, he's find out he's a frost giant and he has frost giant powers. Then there was nothing. Yeah. Except for, like, um, he... There was a little bit in Thor Dark World where he he kind of had the um, illusion. illusion. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see it there. And I mean, a little, I just, there's like bits and pieces, but it never, they never really developed that aspect of his background or his character. So to see it being developed and him, him telling her, I've, I can't do this. And he's, she's like, yes, you can. He's like, how do you know I can do it? She said, because you are me. Right. right. We, we are the same. Right. If I can right. do it, you can do it. Right. And this really comes up in this particular episode because one of the things that I really, one of my personal favorite parts of the episode, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of great things about the fifth episode, but mm-hmm. I would say on the top of my list is actually classic Loki, who is played by the one Mr. Richard E. Grant, um, who, if you're one of those people who've seen quite a few uh, British movies and TV shows, you know, the last, you know, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. um, you have probably seen this particular actor. Um, and he is the one who plays uh, classic Loki. And the thing is, is that he explains that he's more or less similar to the Tom Hiddleston Loki that we see. But one of his unique characteristics is that, um, aside from the fact that his costume is reminiscent of the original Loki comic book incarnation, which has the classic yellow and green mm-hmm. outfit, um, he explains that he uses a lot more of magic than 
the Tom Middleton version that we've seen, which he demonstrates in this episode when he creates a huge distraction in the form of a recreated Asgard. Yes. And the thing yeah. is that, right, and the thing is that when Loki, you know, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and Sylvie realize that he's doing it, you know, Loki, you know, Tom's version of Loki in particular seemed kind of surprised that, that, you know, Richard E. Grant's Loki could even do that because he never believed he had that kind of ability, but clearly he does, but he's just never exercised those uh, proverbial muscles, I guess you could say. Yeah, he's and, learning a little bit more about himself uh, as he goes along. Yeah. yeah. Well, he even says, I guess we're more powerful than we thought. Yeah. I remember that's a, that's a line from from there. He's because that's what he tells. They're looking at each other, and he goes, "I guess we're more powerful than we thought." Right. Which again, you know, kind of brings up what we were saying before about how it honestly feels like up to this point, you know, Marvel, MCU, Disney, what have you, they never really explored uh, the full potential of this character, and given the direction. Phase four seems to be heading. I'm really hoping that they amp up uh, his power set in the future because, given the revelations we're about to get into in the final episode, um, they need him to uh, really show off what he can do. So, mm -hmm. definitely. Um. I guess that's all I have to say about this episode. Anything else you guys want to add in? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Okay. So I guess that last episode of the episode season at six. least. Yes. Of the season. For all time. Always. So pretty much um, it goes. It, so we'll, we'll start with where Loki and uh, Sylvie are. They go to the end of time and um, find out that the TVA creator is, they call, he who remains. It's like Harry Potter uh, type-esque stuff. And um, basically he uh, ended a multi-universal war between all these other variants using the alias, alias, whatever, to destroy the timelines and keep the one true timeline and basically he gives loki and sylvia choice that they can either kill him and risk another multi-universal war or replace him and oversee the tva and the one timeline uh sylvie wants to kill him loki does not they kind of fight each other a little bit loki it kind of expresses how he feels they do kiss and then Sylvie sends him back to the TVA and kills him and basically unleashes the multiverse. Um, so, meanwhile, Renslayer is trying to find um, the information on the TVA creator also. And let's see. I'm trying to. Sorry, I'm reading this. Uh, 
All it says is uh, Renslayer leaves on a mission to find free will. Oh, so I guess she's trying to find free will herself. She's trying um, to find the truth. The truth behind she, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I, I do think that she's going to be, she's going to play a much bigger part in, in the second season. Well, not so much even in the second. I mean, yes, in the second season, but just in general, when the next through phase four or phase five of the MCU with the things that we've learned that we'll talk about here in a little bit with the fan theories and everything, she's going to play a much bigger part because she is an alias for um, somebody that's an alias right. for somebody else. That's extremely important to, I guess we could say he who he, he who remains. Correct. Yeah. So. so pretty much at the end, there's multi-verse happening all over the place. Loki yeah. goes to warn Mobius, who's also back at um, headquarters. And, and I'm sorry, yeah, uh, the TVA headquarters. And he tells Mobius and B-15 what happened, and they don't even know who he is. So not yeah. only has Sylvie opened up multiverse, but it's almost like she's reset everyone's memory at the TBA. So, and that's how it ends. Like, talk about a cliffhanger at the end of that. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. and actually the final scene we see is that instead of the usual statues of the time mm -hmm. papers, we see a different statue. Yes. Yes. It's so, been, uh, yeah, yeah, one of the variants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... And that is the okay. end of season one of Loki. <laughs> yes, and it, it, it is official. There is a season two. Yes. Right. It has officially been scene. confirmed. Right. Well, Correct. Okay. And, you know, obviously, well, we'll go into this, but with the multiverse, there's, phase four is going to be exciting here, people. Right, especially with the revelations that came out in this episode. So... Mm -hmm. Um, now, this is also helpful for those of you who are just viewers and not people who are comic book readers or even people like us who are just nerdy enough to look up the comic book stuff, even though we don't actually read it. But basically, we found out that He Who Remains is a variant of one Nathaniel Richards, who, for comic book readers know, is a distant future relative of one Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. And uh, this Nathaniel Richards is not just known as Nathaniel Richards, but he's also known as one Kang the Conqueror, who is one of the great and big supervillains of Marvel Comics, because he is quite famous for time travel shenanigans. Yes. Yes, and it all makes sense. Yes, and we and the beauty of it is that in the actual episode we literally get a version of this comic book story because he who remains basically explains that he is a scientist of the 31st century Earth, which is exactly who Nathaniel Richards is. And he mentions that he had been referred to as many different names, including a conqueror. 
And um, he also mentions that um, in this multiversal war that got caused because he met other versions of himself. And he explains that not all of them are necessarily nice people. And uh, that new statue that uh, we kind of mentioned appeared in the very last scene of, the, of this uh, season finale episode. What's notable about it is that not only is it a statue that looks just like um, He Who Remains, but actually the uh, YouTube channel I mentioned earlier, New Rockstars, they actually pointed out that when you look at the costume He Who Remains is wearing, it's pretty, pretty similar to a costume worn by a variant of Nathaniel Richards in the comics, who is a slightly more benevolent version. But then they also point out that the statue we see, if we look at the costume, it's basically a Kang the Conqueror costume. So now we kind of know who may have taken over. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about. Because the three fates decide.